There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you a-crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. Hey, 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 coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Curtain.com flagship podcast. I'm editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Jeff Hartman. With me, as always, my co-host, Lance Williams. Lance, how's it going out there on the West Coast? I'm just going to ask you this question, Jeff, in a very measured tone. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> I, I am. and it, It's like this every year. The first preseason game is coming up. We're going to talk about that. Uh, in the show today, and it means jack squat. No one plays, yet I find myself kind of pining away for it. I find myself looking forward to this meaningless football game for a lot of reasons, and there's a lot of news to disseminate the land. Go ahead and start us off, man. Wherever you want to start, let's get things going. Well, we're not breaking the news. By the time you definitely hear this, Steeler fans, Martavis Bryant has been fully reinstated to participate in all activities, preseason games, practices, etc. This is fantastic news. It'll be even better when Le'Veon gets back. This is fantastic news to have Martavis Bryant back in the fold. Jeff, how are you feeling about this? Well, first, let me throw out a very small sidebar before we get rolling with this because I wrote the article for Behind the Steel Curtain um, and several reporters were saying he was fully reinstated because that's what the headline of our article stated, that he was fully reinstated. But when you read Kevin Colbert, the general manager of the Steelers, when you read his comment, which was released by their webpage, the website, thesteelers.com, it stated that he's now allowed to participate in all team activities but is still technically conditionally reinstated. Uh, in other words, I view that as they haven't fully reinstated him yet. They're probably going to wait until the regular season to do that. 
but he's allowed to practice. He's allowed to play in preseason games. He's allowed to do everything that anyone else on the team does. But he's still going to have to wait for that final go-ahead before the season starts. If he's doing everything that he's supposed to, he'll be fine. Now, some fans are freaking out, thinking that he's going to do something to get himself. If he even got near alcohol or drugs or anything like that, he would be given the Josh Gordon treatment and wouldn't even be allowed in the facility. He would be done, suspended for another year. But that's a, so that's an aside to what we're talking about. How am I feeling about this? I am extremely pumped up. I have, we haven't seen this guy play football since 2015, and he's just so dynamic. And I know that 2016 was a great year for the Steelers. They went on that winning streak, took them all the way to the AFC Championship game. I know how that ended was left a bad taste in people's mouths, but you kind of forgot what Martavis Bryant brings to the table. He's a monster. That's, that's, he's the alien. That's what they call him. He's the alien. And I'm just excited. They said he's bigger. He's put on muscle. He's stronger um, mentally and physically. I am really excited. He's not going to play Friday. I don't think there's any chance he plays Friday night. But I'm super pumped. Are you, Lane? I mean, I'm watching highlights as you speak, Jeff. And, uh, I mean, this is ridiculous. And I don't know, fans, if you guys checked out the video that he posted over the course of the summer where he ran a 4.35. I mean, this is a guy, 6'4", about 225, running a 4.35. And the highlight that I'm watching right now, he leaves Patrick Peterson in the proverbial dust. Patrick Peterson just gave up and said, uh, hey, man, I, I, can't, I can't stop this engine. I, I, I can't stop this. This is just highlight after highlight after highlights, but even more important than that, I hope that the young man keeps himself on a straight and narrow and that even more important than football, he could be the man that he's supposed to be for his family. So I'm wishing him the best, and as well for myself, for selfish reasons, I'm wishing him the best. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. The other news I wanted to jump into real quick before we jump into some of the main segments of the show. Dante Freeman of the Atlanta Falcons signed a deal today for five years, $41.25 million. Do you think this will impact Le'Veon Bell's deal moving forward in the slightest? I don't, personally, um, because if the numbers are true, we talked about this before we went on the air, if the numbers of what was reportedly offered to Le'Veon Bell, if those numbers are correct and accurate, man, he turned down a, a really wealthy deal. And we knew that beforehand. We knew that when 
the guy from NFL Network, his name escapes me for, for the moment. I apologize about that. But when those numbers were leaked and they were reported, I think everyone was like, man, I can't believe you turned on that much money. But when Devontae Freeman, another high-profile running back, signs a deal that it really shies in comparison to Le'Veon Bell's offer, oh, man, I, I don't know what to think. I, I don't think it impacted any. I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to lowball him because they offered him more and he turned down. Now, what do you think, Lance? You're more of a numbers guy than I am. What are your thoughts about all this? I mean, the deals are completely different. I mean, Le'Veon's deal, if the numbers are true, it's reported around an average per year of $12 million. I mean, these are different deals entirely. That's why the whole logic of I'm a running back uh, slash wide receiver uh, gives me 10 plus half of AD math is not A plus B equals C. So the only thing I can guess is that the numbers may not be as simple as it seems on its face. The guarantees are off of whatever's being reported. I know that it's coming from the Steelers. I, you know, I, it's really weird. I mean, something is amiss here. But the one thing that Le'Veon Bell does have to his advantage is he has the franchise tag that he can leverage against for the 12 this year and for close to 15 next year. That's something that he can always use as leverage in the negotiation with the Steelers. But I don't think that, that the Boston Freeman deal is going to impact Le'Veon Bell at all. But the big topic that I wanted to jump into, and my brother criticized me because I often, and you guys heard me rant against ESPN last week, because I hate what ESPN kind of tries to create news and create a narrative around something. But I'm going to do it today. And I wanted to debate with you, Jeff, and with you listeners now that my time has been extended out to 2022 year extension, that'll make him 12 years as a Steeler coach. I think it's the right time to do what I hate, the legacy debate. You, you heard how that rhymes, but I haven't busted out my rhymes this year. But debate, hate, you guys get it. Anyway, so I want to pose that question to you, Jeff. But before I do, let me run down some numbers. Over the first 10 years, Bill Cowher, 99-61, regular season record. Six and seven in the playoffs, six divisional championships, one Super Bowl appearance. In the same time, Mike Tomlin, 103-57, 644 winning percentage, best in Steeler history, eight and six playoff record, five divisional championships, two Super Bowl appearances, and one Lombardi trophy. So, Jeff, if you were to compare these two guys at this point in their careers, whose legacy is better? Uh, I hate that we're having this conversation. And, you know, I, I sent you, when you told me this is one of the topics you wanted to talk about on the show earlier in the week, I sent you an article that I wrote for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which was essentially my attempt, feeble as it was, to put this whole debate to bed. Um, because, in my opinion, they both have their own legacies. Both legacies are great in their own way. I just don't feel why we have to TSPN it, so to speak, and say one is better than the other. Nonetheless, um, let me go through my thought process here. Uh, you know, Bill Cowher got, had a lot of success 
especially early on in his career, with very subpar quarterback play. Okay, I mean, let's go through the gambit of quarterbacks that were under that were under center when Bill Cowher was coaching. I mean, you had Mike Tomzak, Bobby Brister, Neil O'Donnell, Cordell Stewart. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple in there, and then eventually, at the end of his tenure with the Steelers, he drafted Ben Roethlisberger. Mike Tomlin has been fortunate enough to always have a franchise quarterback under him. So in that aspect, you kind of have to give it to Cowher. However, I would say that Cowher had some really good defenses in the early 90s, and Mike Tomlin's had to kind of revamp that defense after a few years. This is a really, really tough question for me to give a straight answer for. I really like both coaches. Those that have listened to the show know that I am not a Tomlin basher. I'm a Tomlin supporter. Um, Shoot. I I can't answer. I really (laughs) – I like both coaches. They both had success. I don't understand why we have to rank Lance, What are your thoughts? Do you have one that you put ahead of the other? Because I'd be curious to what you think, and maybe I can debate off of that. Let me give you my biases first, listeners. One. As an African-American man, I root for black coaches, period. I'm not even going to apologize for it. I root for black coaches to have success. There's been so few in the history of the National Football League. I root for black coaches. Number two, my second bias when I look at this argument or have this argument is I hated Bill Cowher. I hated Bill Cowher for years. After watching Bill Cowher and the Pittsburgh Steelers find creative ways to lose AFC championship games. I never thought that the Steelers would win a Super Bowl with Bill Cowher at the helm because I just figured the Steelers would figure out a way under his leadership to choke the game off. So those are my two biases. When you look at the numbers side by side, it's really tough. It's splitting hairs. But, Jeff, riddle me this. The only thing that matters at the end of the day, that's cliche. That's my first cliche of a 1,000 that I'm going to use this year, listeners. It's about winning Lombardi trophies. And if you look at that 10-year period, Tomlin won a Lombardi. And to those, so I'm giving Tomlin the edge. And for those that argue the quarterback angle, it's true. But he got Ben Roethlisberger in year three, Mike Thomas. He was a franchise player, but he was nowhere near the Ben that he is now. He was still a young quarterback learning the nuances of the position. So he wasn't the guy we think of right now when we think of Ben Roethlisberger. Sure, you know, people want to have that revisionist history, but he's, he hasn't been this good early, and he wasn't this good early in his career. So Mike Tomlin did have a hand in maturing Ben Roethlisberger and getting him to be a better, more polished player. Cowher started the process. He started buffing the diamond and Tomlin completed that process. And you can't undersell the importance of getting rid of Arians and putting Ben Roethlisberger together with Haley, who's taking Ben Roethlisberger to that next level. So 
I think, you know, the edge has to go to Mike Thomas. Do you have any additional thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, no, you bring up good points. I, I really appreciate your honesty because, yeah, as, as a, a black adult male in the United States, I would expect you to root for black coaches, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I guarantee you that if there's people that are honest, they would say the complete opposite, and that's just the world that we live in. But one thing I don't like is that a lot of times, and it's because Tomlin is coaching now and Cowher obviously has been retired for 10 seasons, is they kind of look back on the Cowher era with these rose colors, and they don't think about all those heartbreaking AFC championship losses that you kind of alluded to earlier when you said how he's going to find a way to choke it away. Bill Cower, everyone talks about Mike Tomlin, and they want to nitpick this guy. They want to talk about his time management. They want to talk about how the team often loses to subpar teams on the road. Well, you know what? For crying out loud, Bill Cower, until Super Bowl Forty, never won the big game. Never won the big game. He choked it away. He was a disciple of Marty Schottenheimer, and honestly, he played Marty Ball. And it seems he was just like his protege until they finally had that magical run in Super Bowl Forty in 2005. I don't think that people look back on Bill Cowher's time and think, man, there were some really, really rough years. I remember that 6-10 season in 2003 under Tommy Maddox watching this team just flounder away game after game which led them to Ben Roethlisberger in 2004. But at the same time, there's no way that team should have been 6-10. and 10. No way. And Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. I don't care who's a quarterback. He completely revamped the defense in two seasons. And there were some growing pains. And now all of a sudden, what have you seen? Each year, they get one step closer, one step closer. And I honestly feel he has this team on the cusp of doing something very, very special and that's with the New England Patriots in the AFC and supposed to be as good as they are. So I guess as I talk about it more, I would give the edge to Tomlin as well. Um, I, I think that Cowher, I don't want to disrespect what he has done. He, he got to the Super Bowl early in his career in 1994, I believe. You know, 95. 94, they lost in the AFC 95. championship to the San Diego Chargers. Five, they went, they lost to Dallas. Thank you, Neil O'Donnell. Let's not bring that up. And then there were a lot of other major, major uh, faults in, in the playoffs after that. But, um, yeah, I guess you come to think that I, I would have to go with Tomlin. Do you have any closing remarks on that, Lance? No, I'm going to go with Tomlin as well. And I think our, you know, our, you know, what we're saying is going to be pretty controversial because, you know, the fan base is in love with Cower, Cower power and all that stuff. And it's always like you said, you know, the further away you are from it, you know, the more rosy it is. And, uh, you know, some of those losses, you know, the Denver loss, Cordell Stewart throws the pick in the red zone to Bill Romanowski. I mean, some of those losses were just, oh, my goodness, there's no way this guy can coach himself out of a paper bag when he goes up against a decent team and a decent coach. I had no faith in Coward. Uh, so, but, yeah, we're both common guys, I guess, and we'll probably always have to fight for uh, Mike Tomlin because he'll continue to win games and he'll continue to be disrespected by a majority of Steeler Nation except for the ones that count who write the check, and that's the Roonies. Hey, folks, Dirk Bentley here. If you've seen one of my concerts, you know I'm all about energy. Performing, recording, traveling, being a husband and a father, it's a busy life, and I need to be 100% every day. So when my battery starts running low, I grab a sugar-free, vitamin-packed, five-hour energy shot. It tastes great, 
and it gets me back to 100% fast. Try it. It could work for your busy life, too. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. The other topic I want to jump into today, and that's A.B. versus the cornerbacks. It was reported that Artie Burns' completion percentage against A.B. was around 50%, which is really good, I think. Uh, but not having watched practice, it's hard to, you know, put that in context. But the, the number that stood out to me, and we talked a little bit about it, was Rob Cockrell getting absolutely roasted and abused by A.B. and some goal line stuff in practice. Should we read anything into either number, or should the lesson – or, 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 or the, the moral that we take away from this is that they're just trying to incorporate more man coverage with both of their corners, or, or does it mean anything more? What's your thoughts? My, my thoughts are twofold. First and foremost, I do think they want to see their cornerbacks on the islands a little bit more with man coverage schemes, and why not do it in training camp, and why not do it against the best receiver in the NFL? Uh, there, there's not many receivers that Ross Cockrell and Artie Burns and I don't know, I'll, I'll get into this in the, when we get into the camp confidential today. Cody Tensabaugh had his turn with AB today. We'll talk about how that went. Um, but still, I think the second part of my twofold answer here is everything that, you've, that I've read and from people that have been there as, as firsthand witnesses is that Antonio Brown, although it's early, looks better than he has in his entire career. That's scary. So, Artie Burns going at five, 500 or 50%, however you want to word it, it's pretty darn good. And Ross Cockrell, look, he's not a shutdown corner. So, he's going against uh, Antonio Brown, who, is everyone saying, is better than ever. Well, good luck. I mean, <laughs> he's going to beat every – he made – Guys, last year, we're talking starting, Vontae Davis was my favorite from the Colts game on Thanksgiving, where I, I don't know how many times I saw the gif of him just literally falling over. I mean, he just makes guys look foolish. So um, it's twofold. I think they do want to run more man schemes. They're putting them out there to see what they can do. And Antonio Brown's just really freaking good. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I'm looking at it just from the perspective of, you know, they're trying to incorporate some new elements of man coverage into the defense, which we think they need. They clearly think they need as well. Um, and, and that's sort of a teaser to uh, what I'm going to talk about in the preseason game. So, you know, you might as well get roasted, slam day, simmer, saute, fricasseed, and fried while you're in practice when it doesn't count. Iron sharpens iron, but in the Steelers' case, steel sharpens steel. So get sharp, go against the best, and get better. But, Jeff, before you go into or when you go into your camp confidential, talk about the wide receiver battle and give us a breakdown of what's been going on in camp over the last several days. Are you going to do that right now? Go for it, baby. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the wide receivers first and the, the cam confidential to get everyone caught up on what's been going on in training camp. But um, first and foremost, uh, Antonio Brown is obviously the best in the business. Uh, Martavis Bryant back in the fold. He'll be out of practice tomorrow. It's a closed practice. They're not open to the public. As before they travel to, to New York to play the Giants on Friday, I doubt he plays, but still, he's going to start inserting himself into this 
discussion, most likely as the number two wideout. Uh, and then you have, you know, Eli Rogers. Juju Smith-Schuster continues to impress. Um, he's had his rookie moments. He jumped off sides in a two-minute drill. Ben Roethlisberger let him hear that. Eli Rogers is quietly having himself a decent camp, as he should. It's his second full year, third year in the National Football League. Uh, and then Justin Hunter, who had a shoulder injury, he's kind of getting his, getting himself back. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play on Friday or not. That will be interesting to see. Uh, Darius Hayward Bay has really not been doing much. Danny Coates is running. He's getting himself ready. Uh, most are thinking that he might be off the pup list starting next week. Um, good news for him and for people in his camp that want him to go out there and perform and win himself a job. And then you have guys like uh, Kanan Severin, who's made some plays today, but his best bet is to be a practice squad player on the team. There's no shame in that, but that's just the way it is. Uh, it's going to be a very tough debate, uh, tough to debate to figure out as, as we talk about it. It's also a, a very stiff competition, but you need to have everyone healthy. You need to have Martavis Bryant on the field. You need to have Sammy Coates on the field. Um, guys like Kobe Hamilton, who are reportedly consistently dropping the football, well, that's not helping their case at all. So the wide receiver battle, very similar to the cornerback battle, kind of riddled with injury right now. So it's tough to get a, a good feel for what to expect. But Friday night, you know, guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and if Hunter's able to play and Barry Saber Bay, hey, everyone's going to have to try to make plays to get those last two, probably two spots uh, with about four guys uh Four guys out there. But speaking of uh, wide receivers, like I said earlier, Cody Sensenbaugh had his turn with Antonio Brown today, and it was not pretty. Antonio Brown turned him inside uh, out a couple uh, times, uh, and in the red zone, in the red zone drill, it was two for two with two touchdowns from Ben Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown. They said it wasn't bad coverage, but it's Antonio Brown. You're gonna have to be better than good, and uh, he wasn't. So I don't think that he won himself any. Brownie points with that, but like I said earlier, Antonio Brown is the best in the business. They take that for what it's worth. Other players that are starting to shine a little bit, um, Dirty Red, Tyler Matikiewicz uh, from Temple, a second-year player, he's turning into the number one backup and inside linebacker. That's at both positions. He's kind of, in my opinion, filling Vince Williams' role last year. Vince Williams came into the game in um, goal line situations, he was the number one substitute if Timmons or Shazier went down. That seems to be the same exact role that Matikiewicz is filling out. This guy was a seventh-round draft pick. He's going to have a pretty big role. Uh, that's good drafting, if you ask me. Um, other players that are starting to kind of turn some heads, someone I'm really excited to, to watch on Friday, and we'll talk about this in a second, is Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton is a, very, is a smaller cornerback. But he's been making plays, and there's some people saying that he could be pushing guys like Sam Clay Golson and Cameron Sutton, who's been hurt too, for a potential spot as, you know, that fifth cornerback if they keep a six if they're looking for a special team guy. Mike Hilton, he's smaller, but he's he's a tough, tough and tumble guy. He's been making plays in training camp, so those two guys have been playing well. Offensively, uh, Xavier Grimble continues, continues to be a little bit inconsistent in catching the football. But the problem when that's your job is to catch the football. And um, I would say that other than that, Juju Smith-Schuster is obviously the guy that has been popping on offense. They just talk about the catches he makes, his ability to contort his body, get his feet down, things that rookies typically don't do well when they come into the National Football League. Obviously, in college, you only have to get one foot in bounds. In the NFL, it's two. He seems to have adapted to that rule really seamlessly, so to speak. And um, that, that, that's your Cam confidential there, Lance. Take that for what it's worth. As a Cal grad, as you well know, and listeners, you know, I'm a proud California Golden Bear. I hate to like anything UFC, 
But I'll tell you this, <laughs> Juju can play. Juju put a lot of catches on Cal. Juju's a very talented player. And my expectation is when you come out of the University of Southern California, when you're a Trojan that you're pro-ready. If you go high, you're pro-ready. I mean, FC's lineage and history is unquestioned. And they are the real USC, not University of Southern California. But before we conclude the show, we're going to jump into things we are looking for in this preseason game. If you're a fan of the show, you know we break it down on both sides of the ball, offense, defense. Jeff, a.k.a. Joy, a.k.a. One Fit Dad, is an offensive guy. <laughs> I'm a defensive guy, more of a mutter, in the dirt, nose tackle. So I take the defensive side of football. Jeff is kind of fleet of foot. You know, looks like a small wide receiver, kind of sort of maybe Danny Amendola-ish. Sort of, kind of. So he stays on that side of the ball. Defensive side of football, I want to see how these corners play. And the thing that I'm really looking forward to, because I'm sure starters won't get many reps, I want to see if Bud Dupree unleashes any new pass rush moves. I shouldn't say any new. I should say a pass rush move because he's been trained by Chuck Smith over the course of the summer. Um, also, I want to see if Sinquez plays. You know, I really want to see Sinquez Golson. I want to see if he plays. You know, I, we've been waiting to see it, so hopefully he gets on the field, and hopefully Cam Sutton will get on the field. You talk about Cam Sutton. I just want to see the young bucks on the defensive side of football, and I want to see if you – know, I want to see this man coverage, if, if the Steelers decide to play some man coverage, because it's going to be very vanilla. So I want to see that. I want to see the conceptual approach. I want to see Sinquez Golson. I want to see T.J. Watt. Uh, you know, I want to see the Rooks. I want to see what they do when the bullets start flying. What's your perspective, Jeff, on the defensive side? Well, I don't think Sinclair's Golson is going to play at all. He's still injured, hasn't practiced. Free, I doubt he plays. He's been out of practice a couple of days. I don't think they're going to risk him playing. I do think you'll see a heavy dose of T.J. Watt, though. So keep her eye out on him. But there's plenty of other cornerbacks out there. I mean, Sutton's not going to play, but Artie Burns probably isn't going to play. Some of these young guys are going to get a chance to roll. That could be ugly, all right? It could be ugly. Don't jump off a bridge if you're in the 412 area code. These are probably not going to be the guys that are on the team when the season rolls around. But still, um, yeah, some of those guys to watch. Um, I want to see some defense. Um, Javon Hargrave, he's probably going to play at least some in the first quarter, I would expect. I just want to see how he's developed. He he was good at the pass rusher last year at times, yet he struggled at other times against the run. I want to see how he does there. Uh, Hargrave is someone I'm anxious to watch play football this year. Are uh, you ready for some offensive stuff? Hit me. Hit me with it. All right. So if you haven't heard yet, Mike Tomlin addressed the media today, and he said that Josh Dobbs will be the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they go into the Big Apple at MetLife Stadium. And with that said, I'm excited to see the rookie play. Um, I don't expect Marquise County to play. Um, I would be shocked if some of the other linemen played more than a series. But you never know. Tomlin's kept those guys in longer than I would have on more than one occasion. But with that said, I really want to see just Josh Dobbs as a product. Because everyone bashed this pick when they made it, said that he wasn't NFL caliber quarterback. Some said that he was 
too reliant on his legs and didn't trust his arm enough. And, and there have been reports out of camp that his passes have been inconsistent. He has erred some throws. But a lot of people have said that this guy can make plays with his legs, but also to open up passes down the field, a la Ben Roethlisberger, just a little bit more athletic. Um, I'm anxious to see what Josh Goddard can do. He's probably going to play at least a half, if not more, before they uh, get Bart Houston, I think that's what his name is, into the game. Because Andrew Jones isn't going to play with that abdominal injury that he has. So Dobbs is going to start, and this is a great opportunity for him. So I'm anxious to see him. Other than that, I want to look at the running backs. Now, I don't think James Conner is going to play. He hasn't seen contact since he had his shoulder checked out. Um, and uh, I don't think he's going to play. But Fitzgerald Toussaint, this is a guy that's battling for a, a job. Niall Davis, the free agent kickoff from the Kansas City Chiefs. He's another guy that's fighting for a job. They've got a couple others. That Trey Williams, uh, they got the nightmare. Uh, the, the guy that went to Christian Okoye's university broke his record. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'll look it up. But he's going to get a lot of touches. Um, I just want to see what these running backs do. The wide receiving core, whoever plays, I want to see how do you run routes, uh, you know, catching the football. We all remember last year in the preseason, just sometimes it was just, oh, painful. as just passes got dropped. Uh, and every, just do your job. Good, follow Chuck Noll's advice. Go out. If it's a good pass, catch the ball, you know, and let's see what they can do. Um, but ultimately, uh, it's going to be a very limited play- playbook. They're not going to run exotic schemes. I look for a lot of two tight end stuff, um, a lot of running the football, minimal passes downfield with a rookie quarterback. But I'm excited to watch these guys play. What do you think about the offense, Lance? There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. I don't really have much to add to that. I think you're probably right. You know, you'll see the back of quarterback, see how he fares. You know, I mean, I think I'm most excited about Juju Schuster. I want to see what he does, if he can translate practice to the field. I mean, I think that, I mean, that, that's sort of what I'm looking, you know, for. I, but I'll admit, listen, it's probably going to take me four days to watch the game because it's just hard to watch <laughs> preseason football. I probably will watch a quarter every day because to sit there and actually watch a half, even as excited as I am about the season starting, it's hard to get through the first preseason game. That is a tough watch. But, Jeff, before we get out of here, let the fans of the website know behind the field curtain what you got uh, in store in terms of coverage for the game, what features you might be running, and what are some things you they should look for moving forward during this training camp. Well, 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 hold on. Before I do that, what, are we skipping the, the, the WTF segment for today? What's up with that? Yes, we, we are going to keep, uh, unless you have a WTF, you know, the WTF, we don't, we, you know, we don't have to hit it every week, but whoa, whoa, whoa. If you want to jump into it, have the floor, my friend. Have the floor. And this won't take long. It has nothing to do with the Steelers. It has everything to do with the National Football League. Most of my WTF segments are going to be probably more about the NFL than they are the Steelers themselves. But here's what I'm fuming about. I, I read an article today 
that stated that the NFL and the NFL Officials Association or Referee Association have finally decided to have full-time officials in the National Football League. What? You're waiting till 2017 to finally get full-time officials after you watch the – I mean, it's ridiculous how many calls are missed every freaking week. And I'm not saying that this is the answer to the problem because the officiating in the NFL is horrible, but it's going to be a step in the right direction so that these guys can actually sit there and watch film and learn and, and figure out what they're doing wrong. That's what they need to do. But really, NFL, you're waiting until now. You've had everyone from the national, nationally syndicated radio shows like Dan Patrick and Mike and Mike on the way down to behind the steel curtain of the standard is the standard, complaining about officials, saying they need to have full-time officials. And now, in 2017, you say, okay, we will. Come on, man. WTF. If I were, if this was not a GPG-rated program, I would say, what the, you know what? Come on, NFL. It's 2017. You should have done this years ago. It would have gotten some heat off your back. I don't know what the heck you were waiting for. Pay the guys their money. You're making plenty of it. They finally do it. Good for them. Let's hope it makes a difference. That's my WTF. But let me go into what Lance talked about, what's coming up on the show or on the website. Um, first and foremost, let us talk about that. All our podcasts are sponsored by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in Western PA and Northern West Virginia, home to one of the nation's top 100-ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker. You can get out more information, all the phone numbers that you'll need at frankwalkerlaw.com. Now, as for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, tomorrow – We've got a lot of good stuff for you. We've got players um, offensively, players to watch defensively uh, for the upcoming game on Friday. We've got how you can watch the game. It's going to be nationally televised. It'll be on NFL Network. Make sure you check that out. We also have a lot of information about Martavis Bryant. Uh, we're going to have an article about that, Devontae uh, 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 Freeman contract, how that could possibly impact Le'Veon Bell. We're going to break that down for you. And I actually dug into some information. Lance, you probably like this article about will Le'Veon Bell be able to miss all the training camp and still produce for the team in week one against the Browns. I went back, looked at those times where he missed some time, the first two games back, how do you do, put it on an article that's going to be coming up tomorrow morning, so make sure you check that out. But as always, all the latest news, all the best features, all the best commentary, one spot, your one-stop shop, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. What do you think about that, Lance? Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. It all starts in a few short hours. Are you ready for some football? That's right. That's right. And uh, we will be back next Wednesday. We will be talking about the first preseason game, and we'll be prepping you for the second preseason game, which I believe is a Sunday game against the Atlanta Falcons, also on national TV. And we'll get you all set up for that. Until next time, Lance. As always, it's been fun. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech, why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.